in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Just did a full hour on the Raiders. If you missed it, lvsportsnetwork.com. Find the podcast after the show today. We'll get more into the Raiders at 9 o'clock, but we got other playoff games. The Chiefs beat Steelers 42-21. to 21. Was that Ben Roethlisberger's last game? Yes. Has he said he's retiring? Not the words, I am retiring, but what he made of the last game in Pittsburgh and then last night, I mean, he's either retiring or playing for somebody else because I don't think he's going to play another home game at Pittsburgh. I think post-game he said, I'm just focused on being a dad now. Yeah, like, he didn't say he's retiring, but I guess uh, he's he definitely not, not going. He's not going to be showing up to practice. So when a, when an NFL team gets an injured quarterback, like in week six next year, we're going to yep. have. They yeah. called Ben Roethlisberger yeah. to see Just if like this he year with Philip Rivers. Right. Um, do you think he would Philip Rivers has to be in better shape than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> do you think he would have preferred to have missed the playoffs? Ah uh, no, I don't think he would have. You sure? I think you want to get to the playoffs. Like if I, I know, told... I know they got, I know they got run, but don't at you want to make the playoffs? At what point he had passed for twenty four oh, yeah. yards. Oh no, he it, it was it was a blowout. If I told you Daniel Carlson misses that field goal in Week eighteen, and the Chargers and Raiders both go, and the Steelers won, they st- finished with the same record. He ended his. I think he's disappointed. But his last game would have been an overtime win against win Baltimore, against Baltimore where he actually you know drove the team down the field for the yeah. win. Yeah. I, I feel I know making the playoffs is different than just the regular those season. Guys made the playoffs, but I also think your last moment is his last moment was he completed a pass short of the goal line as yes. the clock ran out. Like that was his last in a game where he's down by twenty one. Like uh, yeah, I mean I guess you look you want to make the playoffs so you can look back and say I made the playoffs right. X amount of right. times. So I guess, but I guess in the moment eh, it might have been better off. Travis Kelsey, by the way, as many career postseason touchdowns as Derek Carr. I know they passing. have different. He's level got way more total, but passing. I know they have different level players, um, really, really good players, more than anyone else. Do you ever wonder though why more teams don't try, unless I'm mistaken, to do some of the stuff the Chiefs do? Because everyone's like, "Oh, what a genius! What a genius!" Well, everything's on film. Uh, yeah, mean, the Raiders are probably the best example of, "Hey, you should probably try something different." Uh, why not? Like the the Chiefs, three of their goal line touchdowns yesterday. They ran their fun little underhanded shovel toss right. to Jarek McKinnon, right. which, the, by the by way, way, he had 150 yeah. total yeah. yards. Did what? you know he was on the team? No, 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 no. not at all. I was like, oh, it'll be uh, Darrell Williams or maybe that Derek Gore guy is going to get some carries. But it was, no, Jarek McKinnon leading the team in yards. That then they was threw one. to an offensive lineman. Threw to an offensive lineman. Right. And then Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey has a touchdown pass. throwing a touchdown yeah. pass. Meanwhile, we're talking about the Raiders cannot score in the red zone. Derek Carr completed one pass in goal to go scenarios yesterday. The same as Travis Kelsey. The craziest uh, thing the Raiders do is Marcus, you go in, Derek, you split out. That's it. And no one will ever think yeah. you're catching a pass because you never will. It. It, it, I mean, yes, the Chiefs have some great weapons, but like you're telling me you can't use Darren Waller the same way they use Kelsey in, the, right. in five yards to go right. scenarios. Like, you probably should be able to do that. Hunter Renfro is a good enough route runner. You should be able to do some fun, creative stuff yes. when you get inside the five-yard line with Hunter Renfro. You you just should, and they don't. I mean, help bring in Mariota. I, which tight end should throw a pass for the Raiders? Foster Moreau? 
can he throw a pass? Well, uh, I mean, it, it's got to be Waller, right? Because you also have to have the, the the way it works is you have to like threaten. Oh God, he's about to bulldoze his way in. So you need so he can pull up and throw the so ball. So Derek Carrier, the pat, the run blocking tight end, is the one you want in. Yes, but then eventually you also have to just let him try to. Yeah, yeah, just let him yeah. run straight. No, it should be Alec Ingold when he's healthy. Should be the fullback, yeah. Alec Ingold, right? Yeah. Actually, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming all these guys can just, you know, competently throw a football four yards down the field. But assuming he can, I mean, well, Kelsey with the sidearm, that was nice. The You also forget that sometimes they used to line up Dontari Poe as a fullback and they did a flea flicker with him <laughs> where he threw a touchdown. So there's there's the creativity. And then there's just I think Andy's just screwing with you. Yeah. Next question. The Bucks beat the Eagles 31-15 to yesterday. Uh, the Eagles didn't score until the fourth quarter. Oh, that's my a, God. It was that's so a two-possession final score, but that was much more than a two-possession game. The Buccaneers, they have lost a lot of wide receivers. They actually had two of their better offensive linemen injured in this game, though both at some points came back. Do you believe they're the second-best team in the NFC, even with all their injuries? I don't know. I saw San Francisco yesterday. I think they're pretty good. But so they have Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I also I think San Francisco is very good, but they have Jimmy Garoppolo. True. I'm going to see San Francisco because, okay. of, because of the game earlier this year against Green Bay. Do you think they can go win in Green Bay and get to the NFC title game? No. Uh, I think it's Aaron Rodgers never beat the 49ers, right? Is that true? Wait, no. Earlier this year they won. I mean, in the playoffs. Sorry, in the oh, playoffs. Yeah. Oh, because okay. the Kaepernick okay. games, right? Yeah, and they okay. had one like two or three years ago where the 49ers ran for like 250 yards in a playoff yeah. game. So I think like it's a, granted whole new teams, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever beaten the 49ers in the playoffs, which is just random team. He can't beat that doesn't even right. make the playoffs all the time. But when he gets there, Aaron Rodgers loses. So I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately the Packers are winning the NFC. I think they're, I think them and the Bucks are kind of similar, but the Bucks have enough injuries that the Packers and it's in are, Green Bay. If they play. Yes. And every, somebody's got to win in Green Bay, but I don't. I think I'm. I think I. No, I still go Tampa Bay. I. I can't get over Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't do it. He threw in the pick yesterday. Like the 49ers are going to cruise to a win. He's like, yeah, let's give Dallas a shot. I mean, I. If the Rams look normal, which is a big if, I still love everything about them. But forgot about yeah. Them, but but they played a night. Every no, time, every time they show Matt Stafford, he's like holding his ankle and he's like limping and like crawling on his elbow. Like I'm still good. Please don't take me out. The problem the Rams have run into is Stafford's done a whole bunch of picks in the second half of the season, or just right. the last month of the season. Right. Like just a a ton of interceptions, and it's like Stafford is kind of in that Derek Carr realm where he's he's good. They're good quarterbacks, but everything else around them's got to be really good. The Rams are really good around Matthew Stafford this year. And I, the thing with the Rams is if Matthew Stafford plays well, they can win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I, they just have to do that. What? Four times in a row. And I don't believe that's going to happen. A lot of this has to do with Matthew had to use a silent count at home. According to his wife, (laughs) Matthew had to use a silent count. Come on. Let's not let this happen. Getting them ready for when they go to Tampa Bay and then Green Bay and then in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford reminds me of like Carson Palmer with those uh with those Arizona teams where you'd go all right is this the week he throws five interceptions or the week that he throws six touchdowns touchdowns. exactly man you know that's a great question he plays San Jose State tonight 
Ken Palm projects a six-point win for UNLV. San Jose State, 0-2 in Mountain West play. They have a 20-point loss to Fresno State, a 36-point loss to Colorado State. Should be an easy win. How many true road games have the Rebels played? Uh, they have not played one in 44 days. Okay. Uh, which is partially due to COVID, but also because they only scheduled two true road games in non-conference play. I don't think it's an easy win. It should be. I got to be honest. Well, should should and is. Like, the, the whole, yes, it's on the road here. There's going to be two people in the gym for this game tonight. Like, there's not a crowd at San Jose State games. No, it's a high so, school gym. Right. And nobody shows up. So it's, you're basically playing in an empty gym. Yes, you have to travel. And it's not as ideal as being at home, but San Jose State road games are not truly road games because literally nobody's there. Like, we make fun of UNLV's attendance for nobody being there. They're still getting, like, 4,000 people in the building. There's going to be... I'd be shocked if there were 400 people in the building. I thought... Uh, I Was it you or people tweeting out pictures the other night? Uh, Fresno State game. It looked empty. Oh, that was one of the better crowds of the year. Was it? Outside my, of UCLA, that was, was probably one of the better ones of the year. Pre-game shots? I just I mean, looked at it's a few not pictures. good. It's still empty. You're right. But it was, comparatively, I thought it was one of the better crowds of the year. Okay. And they actually got All loud. Right. I mean, it, the best the best thing for UNLV crowds is when the refs make a call that nobody in the building agrees with. Because that's when UNLV fans actually get loud. It's fun. Okay. We have some cuts of that. <laughs> just one guy. Great question. Thank you. Novak Djokovic lost his appeal, has been deported Whoa. from Australia. He uh, has a three-year ban from the country. I did read that they can basically they can rescind that. that whenever they yes. want. Uh, but he does have a three-year ban. He lied, ultimately, here about traveling to other countries um, in the couple weeks leading up to the Australian Open. He also had tested positive for COVID and then did Jesus. some like event with children right afterwards. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know he had te- he didn't test positive until the date the next day, but yeah, he went to some basketball game somewhere in Europe and di- said no, I didn't travel to anything, and they were like, dude, th- it was on TV. We saw you at that basketball game. So he lied, ultimately lost on his second appeal here, and has been deported from the country. And if they actually uphold this three-year ban, well, he's not defending anything right. for a while. Not only does he not win the Australian Open this year, or have a chance to win it, he can't win it for the next two years. This is going to be interesting because I read this morning they might also ban him from the French Open. He's going to have to make a decision here because these Grand Slam tournaments. I know he's won one nineteen or whatever, but I mean they st- they quit they start banning him from all of these. Although I don't think he'd be banned from the U.S. Open. Probably not. Probably not in New Probably York. Not. Probably not. But yeah, I don't know. New York. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's not in Florida. We'll put it that way. The U.S. Open is not played in Florida. Or as I realized over the weekend, Cincinnati. <laughs> Which, hold on, the- hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, no. Yeah. See a lot of masks in Cincinnati, did you? The one I was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One other thing on uh, Djokovic, which I've lost my train of thought here. Oh, yeah. Do you know, part, like, he, he tried to apply for, like, a medical exemption. Like, hey, yeah. I don't have to be vaccinated right. to come in the country yeah. and play the Australian Open. Those don't tend to work. Well, do you know what it was, apparently? From what I was reading, he he said, I, I tested positive for COVID, so I shouldn't have to be vaccinated to come in the country. Like, that was his medical exemption. Not that, like, hey, I have a medical condition that says I can't get the vaccine. His He was just like, well, I got, I got COVID, so I'm fine. <laughs> Australia said no. No. Jesus Christ. That's a great, great question.
Kevin Durant expected to be out four to six weeks with a knee injury. He has a sprained MCL. He currently leads the NBA in scoring at 29.3 points per game. How do we turn off injuries in the NBA? Why are there so many? Why can't we just have the good players stay healthy and we watch them play basketball? Are there? It's weird. Are their bodies? I mean, they're so athletic, and but still, the human body is what it is, and the way they run and jump and cut. I mean, I know they're you know they're as finely tuned as anyone in the world, but at some point you put so much stress on these ligaments. He's very given what he's had in the past. He's fortunate here. Oh, he's really he, fortunate. He's the best example of somebody coming back from an Achilles, right? Right. Oh, like, absolutely. No question. Major Achilles injury, yeah. and he's come, and he's leading the league in scoring. He's just like just as good as he was before. Right. Like he's and almost everybody else who's had an Achilles injury comes back, and they're they're never the same. Yeah, they're nothing compared right. to what they were before. So yeah, it's incredible. But I just like we've had so many NBA playoffs over the last what five years that like maybe not always the champion is determined, but like series get determined simply because somebody's hurt. Yeah, and I or I know it's a part of sports, but it's just like come on, NBA, come on. Or Draymond Green kicks someone in the gentleman's area. That's that's a little bit different, though. Coming up next. Someone got injured. What the hell did the Dallas Cowboys do yesterday? This is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. All right, Ed. Which was the worst Cowboys screw up? Running a quarterback draw with no timeouts in less than 20 Uh. seconds on the clock. Or converting a fake punt and then leaving the punt team on the field for like 20 more seconds acting like you're going to run a play. The biggest screw up, I think leaving the punt team on. <laughs> Here's the thing about that, about the draw. Here's the thing about the draw. Like, I don't hate it as much as everyone else does if they had executed it well. But given they had 14 penalties last night, they didn't execute a damn thing. So I'm not surprised that they didn't execute it well. I have no problem trying to get within the 25 more than just it would have been what two Hail Marys because they had 14 seconds left he probably would have had two Hail Marys but he didn't understand when to get down and here's the thing they didn't understand the rule they didn't understand the rule that the official has to touch the ball they had no clue about they that. thought the center could just they spot thought the, the center could himself. just spot the ball <laughs> and tight. So, so again that's on them <laughs> if you're going to run that and it's obviously in their playbook and I'm sure they've practiced it I don't know if it's Kellen Moore or whoever, but you've got to understand that the referee... And then people are giving the referee a hard time. I'm sorry, he had to bust through 200, 2-6-7, 300-pounders. Like, yeah, that's not easy to do to try to get the ball. I get, He did run up there, the referee. He, did. he was trying to do it. And these and the guard the guard in the center, they're like, let's let any one of us try to run through those guys so he could spot the ball. That's all on the Cowboys. The f- it's all on them. The funniest part of that is that he just runs over Dak. Like yes. he just he's runs trying to do Dak. it. He's trying to spot the ball. <laughs> it's not like he's walking up saying, oh, I'm going to screw you guys and the time's going to run. He's sprinting to the ball as much as he could sprint to try to set it down, to try to, you know, um, set the ball. And I, I don't blame him. I blame the Cowboys <laughs> and all of that. I blame Dak. I blame, I'm not going to blame the call. Like I said, I'm not going to say the call was horrible. I blame Dak. I blame them for not knowing the rule. The, okay. The, 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 Whatever happened after the fake punt is significantly worse because there is at least a chance the quarterback draw thing succeeds. Yes. There is at least a there's and a he gets down and, and let's and then they spike the ball and they have one play. Right. There's they have one play. there's at least a process there where something good happens for the Cowboys. Leaving the punt team on the field for twenty seconds. Yeah. Uh, what? 
what what good was going to happen. Well, and John Fossil, the special teams coach, it's funny. At first, he's like, get off, get off, get off. And then they actually line up to run a play. He's like, I just right. stay on. And he's like, stay on. He's like, stay on for what? What is this punter going to do if you hike him the ball? He already threw one in one completion. You think this guy's going two for two? <laughs> That would have well, been a pick six back somewhere. I will say he was a li- he looked a little more accurate than uh, Dak did. He actually threw a nice ball. Did can I can I read a tweet from you from uh, Pablo Torre? The NFL is America's pastime because no other sport turns absolute incompetence into more incredible entertainment. <laughs> and that's exactly what the that's 49ers what was. Cowboys yes. was. That we had we've got one more game, but an entire weekend of playoff football. Two games were close. Only two games were relatively interesting, and I would argue neither one of them was well played. And the only reason those were close is because of how poorly everybody involved in that executed whatever their job was supposed to be. And yesterday's 49ers-Cowboys game, I mean, we can talk about all the things the Cowboys did wrong because it's hilarious. What the hell were the 49ers doing? Yeah. I mean, the final drive, they just gave the Cowboys three straight 15-yard well, outs? That's the other thing, and the I think it's Romo who before the first ball is snapped, he goes, okay, Dak's only going to work the sidelines here. So you just take away the sidelines. And for three straight three straight uh, um, plays, now one was a nice play where you catch and you lateral it, and that was actually a pretty well-designed play. But still, three straight times, they're not, they're not uh, defending the sideline, and Romo's up there saying this is the only thing right. you can do in this situation. All the Cowboys, the Cowboys, seriously, Dak just had to throw it, all right, eight yards down yeah. the field, you catch it, run for yards. another four, yeah. and then get out of bounds. And the 49ers are like, that's cool. Yeah, just keep coming. Yeah. Keep coming. Get to the 30. It'll be great. Like, what the hell were the 49ers doing? Like, that entire game, just incompetence all around from everybody. Everybody involved in competence. Everybody sucked, and somebody had to win. You watch the CBS broadcast? The Nickelodeon broadcast was right there. <laughs> I know. There literally was a giant slime man that would pop out of the field like a daisy. I did not watch the Nickelodeon broadcast, but I did watch it last year when they would. I did watch it last year. They would at times explain rules and stuff. Right. How the hell did they explain anything oh. that happened in that game? Oh, the the little, well, I guess she's not a little girl. Uh, turns out she's taking AP statistics. Um Found that out in the broadcast. She hired as a head coach. Uh, no, she literally is trying. She's like, so, so what happened? What happened there? And Nate Burleson and Noah Eagle are like, um, we're asking well, the same thing. Sometimes football games end and nobody knows what a catch is. It's just part of the game. And then they made Dak Prescott the uh, what Nickelodeon valuable player. Did they no. really? Did they? Yes. Why? <laughs> They did it last year to the losing quarterback, too. Yeah. They didn't slime him, though. Uh, No, but I I don't think that uh, would have gone over very well. I don't know who got slimed, to be honest. But it genuinely was. It was very much like a little child being like, uh, what what happened? And two adults being like, we don't know either. Football's confusing. Because everybody else watching that game was like, yeah, what the hell did happen? I mean, you played the radio thing. The guy just counted the seconds down because... How else do you explain yeah. what the hell's going on there? <laughs> they, uh, I was also disappointed. Well, I, it's a cliche because you knew they would, but here goes McCarthy and Dak afterwards talking about the officials not being able to down it. That's on you, man. That whole play was on you. Yeah. I'm sorry. It well, was, I, 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 as a Cowboy fan, I literally gave that official a lot of for trying to bulldoze his way 
through two 350-pound men to try to spot the ball, and the Cowboys having no clue that that he had to touch the ball to spot the ball. The, the best part was on the NBC broadcast when they were reviewing what happened. Herm Edwards is just like, or, yeah, um, sorry, Tony Dungy is just like, I tell my play, you get up and you hand the ball to the ref. Right. right. Especially, you find the ref so that they can spot yes. the ball so you can get a snap off. You toss the ball to the ref so he can put it down. If you're Jerry Jones, uh, did anything that just happened there mean you fire Mike McCarthy? He didn't fire Jason Garrett for like a True. decade. He won't. I don't think he'll fire him. But if he did, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be uh, falling off the chair in anger. I think I'd fire Mike McCarthy. Granted, I don't think I would have hired Mike McCarthy in the first place, <laughs> but I think that I think I'm firing Mike McCarthy after that because that's that's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, that, that entire thing is a disaster because that's a that's a game where you can point to like we talk about the Raiders and coaching things and we're talking about like, oh, false starts and they wanted to avoid a delay a game and they took a time like that sort of routine sloppiness. Right. What the hell the Cowboys did yesterday in a playoff game? Like right. what what was that? What what on earth was that? I mean, Mike McCarthy punted down two scores in the fourth quarter yeah. on, like, what was it, a fourth and two, a fourth, fourth and, and two. three? Like, granted, Jimmy Garoppolo was like, you know what? This We need an interesting game. So, let's, <laughs> so I'm going to throw the pick. Let's throw a pick here. The, the Absolutely one thing the 49ers, the only way they lose is if Jimmy Garoppolo turns the ball over. And he does it. But, like, that entire fourth quarter was just Mike McCarthy incompetence. And I'd, I'd fire him. Like, I'd be like, yeah, that's... That was horrific. You're gone. Like, the reason we're not still playing is because of whatever the hell you just did. That's why we're done. So you're fired. Did anyone else, and maybe it's just me being naive, when Dak took off, I was going, oh, God, they're doing that stupid thing where they, like, they lateral it to each other. Like, you thought oh. that was them saying this is the last play of the game? Yeah. I I didn't yeah. think, okay, I'm going to slide now and... No. Okay, I was like, oh, God, is that, is that, are they trying that? Because okay. I thought one way or the other they would take a shot at the end zone. That was, that was a good play call with like 45 seconds on the clock. Because the reason they did it is because the 49ers finally went into, hey, we're not going to give yeah. up the sidelines. You're not getting the sidelines and you're not getting a, you're not getting yeah. a Hail Mary. And the 49ers just had a cone yeah. of defenders yeah. down the sideline and then into the end zone. Rush so three and they put everyone back. Literally 20 yards for right. Dak to just run straight. Terrific play call. If there was 45 seconds on the clock. Well, there's 45 seconds. He might get even further. Right. With 14 seconds, you're literally saying this could be the last play of the game if the ref does not perfectly get there on time and and, uh, spot the ball, which is what happened. Coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. One thing we've all learned recently is to adapt, and change is always right around the corner. Well, the running rebels have learned this as now they'll begin their Golden State adventure a day early. But rather than heading south, they're heading north to San Jose to take on the Spartans. Can the rebels light up the scoreboard and shoot down these Spartans? Find out by catching all the hoops action Monday, starting with Cofield and Company for 5:30, followed by pregame and the tip-off set for just after six on ESPN Las Vegas. This spring, get in the game and earn cash for betting sports with the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app on your phone or tablet. During William Hill Spring Rewards, earn up to $500 cash back. Between now and April 30th, you'll be eligible for cash back points for every wager made, win or lose on the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app. You'll also earn bonus cash back for teasers and parlay card wagers made on the app. To enroll in Spring Rewards and see participating locations, visit WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Nobody Protects you from mayhem like Allstate. 
I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to sing it. We're singing words now. We'll even sing the business part. Save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. Now that's a commercial you'll remember, even if you don't remember the bundle and save with Progressive part. We're singing a commercial. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the end of the jingle. A jingle about insurance. Lincoln Black Label is your invitation to a uniquely elevated automotive experience revolving around you, including pickup and delivery, premium maintenance, vehicle care, Lincoln Concierge, travel collection, and culinary collection. Finley Lincoln is here to surprise and delight you all the way through your effortless experience. Thinking Lincoln? Then think Finley Lincoln in the Valley Auto Mall, Nevada's only standalone Lincoln Black Label dealership. Port of Subs is celebrating 50 years as your neighborhood sandwich shop. From a single sub shop in Sparks, Nevada, we've grown to serve local communities all across the western United States. Things have changed over the years, but every sub is still sliced fresh, served on fresh baked bread just as we did 50 years ago. Visit your neighborhood Port of Subs today or order online at portofsubs.com or download our app for easy ordering and special offers. Sliced fresh sandwiches, Port of Subs found so many different ways to get it done and so many different guys I and mean, Tommy Doyle has touched on there just what does it say about this unit moving forward through the rest yeah, of the well, season Yeah well I'm sick for Emmanuel Sanders because he's played 100 years in this league and tonight was his first playoff touchdown Tommy Doyle plays one game and gets a touchdown he's a freaking lineman You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler Joining us now from the VGK Insider Show is Ryan Wallace. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. Uh, does it feel like the Golden Knights haven't played in a year? Feels like at least six days. At least six days. That's got to be the, the least there. Um, is it true they haven't played on the road in a year? Because it <laughs> yeah. does not appear that they have. They, I thought they were gone after this night, and Tyler's like, no, they play Montreal later in the week. Yeah, they got two more. Uh, are we going to have – I know the schedule hasn't officially been, like, rescheduled all the games that have been missed. Are they somehow going to have like, just like three weeks straight in Canada playing road games? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think there'll be a little bit more balance to it than that. Um, I mean, obviously when you look at the golden Knights, the only two road games that have been postponed to this point were uh, a couple up in Canada. I would expect those to be made up sometime in that February window. Um, but no, I mean, I think that if you're looking at the February window and if you're looking at the rest of the Golden Knights schedule, if there's any way to kind of balance it out, maybe slot a game or two into February to make it make a little bit more sense and be a little bit more balanced, I think the NHL is looking at all those options. I am not, for the sake of being much of an all-star guy, I mean, I, you know, I'll watch the game, I'll attend this year because it's here. Why, mm-hmm. and I might have been wrong on this, but why was the absolute first thing I thought was if you have to pick two, Chandler Stevenson got screwed. 
Uh, you're you're not wrong. I mean, he's having career best uh, a career best season, and you know, uh, it, it, it's so tough, right? Because like Chandler Stevenson probably deserves to be in the All Star game based on the season that he's having, based on the fact that he has been in the lineup more. Uh, than than really any other forward for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like when you just look at the number of games he hasn't missed, and then the numbers that he's put up with and without Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. Um, I mean, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty fair argument. Like I, I look at it, and I would say that if you're you're looking at it, things based on the numbers solely on the numbers, uh, it's hard to to think that Chandler Stevenson shouldn't be in that game. And the same thing for Jonathan Marchessault. The the amount of goals that Marchessault scored this year it's hard to make an argument that, that both of those players don't deserve to be in the all-star game. So are you on board with Nathan McKinnon who says it's stupid that every team gets a team in or every play, team gets a player in? <laughs> yeah, to to a degree I am like, I understand the business economics of, of why the NHL wants a representative from every single team. You have a big marquee event. You want television ratings. So the only way to ensure that all 32 markets care is to have a representative from all 32 markets. That being said, there is absolutely no way you can convince me that Clayton Keller or even by extension Nick Suzuki belongs hey. in this all-star game over, say, I don't know, Nazem Kadri, who's now fourth in NHL scoring. <laughs> Scoring's not important. Not at all. Nick Suzuki, way better than Kadri. No. <laughs> um, and I like Nick Suzuki. <laughs> If you had a guess here, and I'm asking you to be a doctor when you're not a doctor, how soon do you think we actually see Jack Eichel play a hockey game? Oh, gosh. Um, listen, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, but I, I, I will tell you this. I think that if there's any way humanly possible for Jack Eichel to play at the beginning of February against the Buffalo Sabres at T-Mobile Arena... I think he's in that game. Like if there's ever a game that a player would be hyper motivated to get himself back to a baseline and ready to play, it would be the one against his former team. So I have that one kind of penciled in my mind as the potential return. But again, it could be later than that. It could be probably later than that. But, you know, listen, I I think that's kind of where I'm conservatively leaning in, in terms of his first game for the Vegas Golden Knights. I like the way you think. That would be phenomenal. Like that, that genuinely be the best case scenario if he can play and that's his debut. I, I agree. Like 100%. That would be fantastic. And what obviously, would, what would be it. better, his debut or the tribute video to Alex Tuck? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. Does Cody Eakin it, it, get like one? It depends, it depends if Jack Heichel has like two goals before they get to the first TV timeout for the, <laughs> for the video, right? <laughs> He has a red jersey on, but we see these clips. Uh, so, look, you can't say anything, although Petrangelo uh, jokingly uh, threw up his hands the other day, so we can't hit him because he has a red jersey on. I mean, what you see is, you know, beyond the skill we thought. I mean, like, how good does he even look in the, what he can do now? Because it appears every clip I see from him, he's setting someone up or scoring, and I know it's practice. I know there's no contact, but he is doing some things where you get the ideas like, yeah, this guy's really good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a dominant player in the NHL. He really is. That you know, again, it's it's hard because right. there are factors going on right now in practice that are are giving him a little bit more time and space to do things and create. But I think what you're seeing are the are the raw skills that he has that can impact the hockey game. 
He can be a power forward if he needs to. He can blow by you with some speed. He's got a very good stride, and his shot is absolutely ridiculous. But it's not just the shot. It's hands in tight. He can eke you out if you're a goalie. He can rip one past you with a wrist shot if he wants to. He's just a, a, a player that doesn't have very many holes in his game, and he can beat you and play against you any way that you need to. If you need to bang in the corners, he can do that. If you want to play a game based on finesse and skill, he can do that too. And, and that's what I think makes him so dangerous and why he's such a driver. And in addition to this team is that whatever the game asks of him, he can thrive in that moment in those situations. Have you at any point this year forgotten about a player because so many guys have been injured because I have done that with Alec Martinez? Yes. And same player. <laughs> Like not, not not like I'm not proud of it or anything, but there there are times on on the pregame show and the postgame show where I'm going through the injury report and I just kind of forget, um, and then I feel really badly about it. But like it, at at one point it was Nolan Patrick, and and now it, it's more most likely Alec Martinez. Yeah. Are you excited to see the scar on his face? Uh, not particularly. Like I mean, i like it doesn't make me queasy or anything, but it just it sucks for him, right? Like. I mean, it's a it's it's a story, but like it just kind of has to be a, a, a daily reminder of like how close it, it was to being a really really big disaster. Like that, it's just such a crazy play and, and a tough one for Alex Martinez as he's continuing to work back from it. Well, hold on, I I would imagine like yes, the almost near terrible injury is not good, but now that it wasn't a terrible injury and once he's back, like that's a good thing for a hockey player, right? I think most hockey players would be like, yes, I have a giant scar on my face. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I hear you, and, and admittedly, you know, there's something cool about scars, but that one in particular might be a little bit uh, hard to relive, I guess would be the way that I would put it. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy, Ryan Wallace, the radio host, VGK Insider Show. Okay, so Bill Foley uh, told Sinbin on, on the show uh, a couple days ago a few things. I want to ask you about one, this outdoor game. Uh, mm-hmm. If you had a choice, there's Sam Boyd, I don't know how you go outdoor in a Legion stadium, but they also want as many people as possible to attend a game like this. And obviously you can get a lot more people in a Legion stadium than Sam Boyd. If there's an outdoor game, where would you put it? Would you create a rink somewhere? Would you just build a rink somewhere to get as many people in there? Or would you actually go, well, we're going to be going to a Legion, even though it's not really outdoor. Yeah. I mean, I, I would hope that um, at some point there's maybe another stadium that's like a true outdoor stadium built in Vegas. Like, I mean, something like Las Vegas ballpark, but maybe for a, a, a bigger scale. Um, like that would be kind of my first choice. As far as Allegiant stadium goes, like you're right. How do you, how do you really go outdoor <laughs> in a stadium that isn't outdoor? Um, I mean, I, I think the, the only, like the only logical spot to put it in right now would be Sam Boyd simply because it is a true outdoor stadium. Um, beyond that, I mean, unless you just want to get like kind of ridiculous with it, like put it on the strip somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know, like you go back to Caesar's palace where they had that, that Kings outdoor game, um, do something kind of crazy or yeah. fun, but yeah. that, that would be kind of my, my direction to go with it. Have you ever left your car and drive and then it drove through your house? <laughs> no, I've never done it. <laughs> Not one time in my entire life. Have I ever forgot to put my car in park when I got out of it, Tyler? Uh, do you think you would be strong enough to pull your car back if it started rolling? <laughs> Listen, I, I absolutely know 
for for a fact that I am stronger than you. At least I've got more inertia behind my my frame, um, and I know for a fact that I am not strong enough to stop a car once it has started to move. So I'm not really sure why that was your default setting. Really, I don't. But uh, you know, it, I'm glad that no one got hurt. That's that's about as as much as I can say about that situation. It's a fun situation. See, just like the scar on Alec Martinez's face. Now I pull into my house, I see a hole in my wall, and it's funny every time. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Funny for the rest of us, too, yeah. believe me. Yeah, until I have to pay for it, then it won't funny be funny. for me, because if someone asks who in this studio would have done it, <laughs> point in my direction with the way I drive, so uh, I'm actually uh, happy it was him, to tell you the truth. All right, get out of here, Ryan. Thank you for Thank joining you, us. He's Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show, over on Fox Thank Sports you, Las Vegas. Later, guys. So, there is Ryan Wallace. I got to do that two days in a row, by the way, because both of you were gone from the show on Friday, so I got to tell Darren and Kira the same story over again. So, Millsy? that. Yeah, Millsy was here. Huh? He enjoyed it. Millsy. Oh, I'm sure he did. Not many did. people didn't enjoy it. I got a few texts from people uh, we've had on the show and saying, oh, my God, what is he doing? I had three UNLV fans come up to me at the game on Friday night and say and ask me about it. Just come by and say, hey, how's your, or how's your house? How's your car? Or whatever. Like three, okay. three different people walked up to me just to ask me. How my house or car was. You must have a good security system if you got that clip, by the way. It's just a camera, yeah. Yeah. Don't have one in the garage. Didn't get to see the impact or me falling backwards after the car hitting the house. That probably would have been better. That would have been actually pretty funny. Yeah. But still pretty good video. Oh, yeah. It was a good video. I got a lot of texts on it with the the, (laughs) the click to the tweet. (laughs) All right. Coming up next, the bills are really good, aren't they? We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Ed, I think you should know that there have been some conversations behind your back to set something up here. That's nothing new. (laughs) Have you also emailed me? (laughs) Because usually people are pretty upfront with their feelings. So uh, you told us at one point that Jamar Chase helped you win a fantasy football championship. He did. Uh, I've also been made aware that you're usually the one in your league that uh, gets the ring to whoever wins yes, your fantasy I, league. I do. Well, guess what I have right here for you? No. Yes. Really? Yes. They wanted to make sure that you got a ring. Really? You didn't have to get the ring for Are yourself. Are you serious? That somebody else would get it for you. So this is from Can your fantasy it? football league. Yeah, well, I'm not going to keep it. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Can you. Can I my, see it? <laughs> You presumably Look get the win. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at this beauty. Oh, so, yes, man. this is on uh, behalf of your league. Congratulations on winning your fantasy football league. And I'm excited. And they did not want you to have to buy your own ring. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was about to do. <laughs> I, was, I was actually You were going to gonna buy your own? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, everyone wears their rings uh, to the next year's draft. Yeah. And Doug in our league have like has like six of them. No. So you have a Tom Brady. He's in your Brady. League. He's, yeah, I have yeah. a Tom Brady in my league. So um, does he get different fingers sized every year? No, nah, I pretty much get him the same one. But okay. he, I, apparently his fingers stay the same size because he wears all six every year. No, I'm just kidding. He has like three or four. Um, look at this thing, baby. Great radio here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll tweet out a picture of the ring while Ed wearing the look ring. Look at that. Look at that. Aren't you excited? I'm I'm so very excited. I'm very um, excited. Shout out to Heidi Fang who helped oh, facilitate this. Oh, there you go. She's the one that left it in the studio for uh, actually Ari was here when it got left in the studio. So Ari didn't lose it. 
Nor did Ari spoil it, by the way, because Ari sent Jared and I an email saying, hey, I got the ring. I don't know if this is a surprise or not, so I didn't copy Ed on it. <laughs> Which means Ari was like six seconds away from putting you on the email saying, hey, I got the fantasy ring. Can I wear it's this the rest of the show? Surprise. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you wear it the rest of the show? Wear it the rest of the week. So. <laughs> There All is right. your fantasy football championship ring. Thanks out there. Thanks out there. Congratulations. I'm wow. glad you didn't accidentally buy your own ring. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> they did want me to ask one more thing. Uh, does Greenspan know about the money? The money I won, I shared with everybody at the house. So they already know. Okay. They yeah. got a portion of it. Passed it around. Sure. Did they did they have a role in you winning your fantasy football championship? They had no role, but they were ed- but the day that I clinched, because they knew they were getting a portion, <laughs> I got asked about four <laughs> times, What's the score? What's the score? What's happened? At no other time have they ever asked about fantasy, <laughs> known that I was in all these fantasy leagues or went to drafts or anything, but they knew money was in line. So my kids must have asked me like a hundred times that day, What score? Are you winning? What score? Can I ask you what percentage did you give them? Like ten percent? I gave the kids each about a hundred bucks. I gave gave Greenspan a lot, lot more than that. <laughs> Greenspan got a big cut. She might have gotten sixty, seventy percent of it. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. What I, I mean, gonna, what am I going to do with money? Buy my own ring? Yeah. Buy some Jimmy Johns? <laughs> yeah. I, I saved enough for that. I came in second place in my longtime fantasy league. I used it to pay a speeding <laughs> a speeding ticket. <laughs> I paid off my speeding tickets. Well, don't have kids, then they're going to want your fantasy yeah, they're football gonna want money, your money, Jared. You got to pay off these speed. Yeah, you'd be like, all right. Oh, I'll never win again. You got a speeding ticket. That's okay. I'll finish second in fantasy football. I can pay it off later on. So there's your ring. There you Congratulations. Go. Now, the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Patriots 47 to 17. The Bills scored a touchdown. On every drive except for the last one where they took a knee, where they finally said, we will stop trying to score. Uh, They also held the Patriots to under 90 yards rushing in that game. Here's my big picture question for the Patriots. Will they ever be better than the Bills right now? The Bills have Josh Allen. The Patriots have Mac Jones. Like, do they have a path to being better than the Bills over the next four to five seasons? With Mac Jones, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe they let him out of the contract. They They haven't picked it up, I'm sure. Well, they haven't I picked mean, up the fifth year option. I mean, they, they still have, got three more they years. Got three more years to worry about contract. that. But I still think, uh, I still think without with Josh Allen on the other side, I'm not so sure. I think your premise is right. I think like you have Mac Jones as a rookie quarterback, who's he's probably going to be an average NFL quarterback, right? Like Mac Jones isn't awful, but he's not great. But he's probably going to be an average NFL quarterback. He's going to be on a rookie contract. He's not going to get paid a lot of money. You can build a really good team around Mac Jones, and the Patriots do. They do have a good team around Mac Jones. There's no doubt about that. But I think the problem is, is that you might be chasing down one of the like three best teams in the NFL over the right. next five years. I think that's the problem for the Patriots. They're not chasing down, you know, the Cowboys, right? They're not chasing down the NFC East. Josh Allen and the Bills might be one of the three best teams in football for the next five years. And it's a similar situation that the Raiders and the Broncos sure. and the Chargers chasing are down in. the Chiefs. You've got to chase down the Chiefs. The Chargers might have their quarterback. They might have the guy that can do it. The Raiders and the Broncos do not. Right. And I think that's the problem for the, the Patriots. They, I think, can still very much so be a playoff team. They were this year. They can be a playoff team for the next five years, right? That division is bad enough. You got the Jets and the Dolphins. Like, you should be fine winning games. But I just don't know that they're going to really win the division in the next four to five years 
with what they have. I think there's a small path, right? Build a really good team around a cheap quarterback who gives you average play. But you watch that game, and Josh Allen's just unbelievable. It's going to drive Belichick nuts. Yeah. It will drive him nuts that he can't beat that team. Yeah. And and the other part of this, you look at the Bills and Josh Allen, it reminds me a lot of, A, Tom Brady and what the Patriots did to that division for, like, two decades, and also what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have done right. to the to NFC North, where you're like, this isn't really a good division. Right. Like, there's a chance you can you can kind of just dominate this division, and it's kind of what we think the, Char- or the Chiefs might do in this division. Chargers, maybe with Herbert, can give them a run.